write them with intentionality where, where I say, I am going to do this tomorrow. You know, I have the date on the page. This is the plan for tomorrow. The more intentionality I put on it, like if I actually put the time of day that I'm going to do something or how long I'm going to spend on it, it's an actually an excellent chance that I'll get it done. There's two reasons for that in my mind. One is that overnight my mind is doing sort of background processing on that. Mm-hmm. And the other one is that the day that I've planned, I don't have to make decisions. Those things are, are just already in my mind. They're already on paper and lo and behold, they get done magically. Have you ever said to yourself, I don't have enough time. I am so overwhelmed. I need more clarity. I don't know how to do this. My to-do list is miles long. I'm exhausted. There's got to be a better way. Hi there, I'm Brad. And I'm Manette. Not only have we said all these things ourselves, but we've heard our community of creative entrepreneurs say them over and over again. That's why we created the Structure and Flow podcast. I'm Structure. And I'm Flo. And this is the Productivity Podcast for Creative Entrepreneurs. We believe that doing more and working harder are not the solution to your productivity challenges. We believe in more play, more fun, and more profit. Join us as we explore the interplay between structure and flow so that we can bring more grace and ease to your creative business. Hi, and welcome again to the Structure and Flow podcast. You did it again. You almost said Path the Prophet. No, we're the Structure and Flow podcast now. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about planning, the power of planning, and seven types of planning that will increase productivity and profits for you. Absolutely. This is pillar number six in our nine pillars of productivity. We're making our way through these pillars. Nine pillars. And I hope that you're enjoying the series as much as we are. And as I think we shared in the last podcast, we've been on our own personal journey journey lately to improve productivity without sacrificing lifestyle, right? This is not about getting more done. It's about getting more of the right stuff done and really looking at what we can let go of. And planning is an essential part of successful business growth. And I've learned this kind of the hard and painful way. And, and now I'm totally addicted to planning, not to planners. Well, maybe I'm addicted to planners yeah. too. Yeah, probably. I, I can't live without planning. Yeah. Um, my mind works that way. I need a plan. Um, I, not to say I don't like a lot of unstructured time, perhaps too much unstructured time, but uh, I, I thrive on having a, a set plan out in front of me. And um, part of that is because my mind t- tends to be able to see once a plan, once something is in place, I can see out in front of me mm-hmm. how that's all going to uh how that's all going to happen. Yeah, he bugs me a lot if we skip our weekly planning meeting, right? Because when you don't plan, guess what happens? It creates overwhelm. It creates distraction. It's too easy to get off track from your goals. And I think it's Brian Tracy has a great quote that he says that 10 minutes of planning can save you two hours a day. And that's not our quote of the day, but it could have been because it's a phenomenal quote. You want to read the quote of the day? This is also by someone called Brian Tracy. Is that a different Brian Tracy? (laughs) Same Brian Tracy, author of Eat That Frog. Oh, okay. See, she's she's more well-read than I, so... 
Yeah, I think the term... Maybe uh, more addicted to books than you are. I the, don't know if it's a healthy thing. The term rudderless comes up when I talk about mm. uh, trying to work without a plan. But that's yeah. that's the, the, the shipping reference. I come from a long line of sailors. So. Well, and you also have a picture on your door over here. It says, I'm not afraid of storms for I am learning how to sail. And that's a great analogy for business as well. Right. So we, we just segued from... Planning About from a quote, frogs. a quote to saying another quote <laughs> to this quote. Okay, it's Friday afternoon when we're recording this, and we're probably a little punchy after a full week of work. So you're going to get the interesting side of Brad and Minette right. today and the randomness of this. our brain. We do have a plan for this podcast. Okay, let's get to our plan. Here's the quote. All right. A clear vision backed by definite plans gives you a tremendous feeling of confidence and personal power. That's from Brian Tracy in The Gift of Self-Confidence. Yeah, and um, before you do planning, you have to have clarity of vision. But that's a conversation for another podcast. But as you can tell, I'm a big Brian Tracy fan. And he, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, he's got some amazing content out there around productivity. But today, what we want to focus in on are five key areas of planning and seven different types of planning. I know it sounds overwhelming, but it's actually really not. But we look at our business from the perspective of annual planning, quarterly planning, monthly planning, weekly, and daily planning. And inside of each of those five categories, there's a few key steps. And we want to share this process with you. And actually, if you come and play with us on Facebook in our free Productivity for Creative Business Owners Facebook group, I've got a great visual, a little kind of mini infographic about these different areas of planning that you can go snag. It'll be pinned right at the top of the group so that you can have a visual reminder of this. Because if you're like me and you're just listening to this and maybe driving or going for a walk or doing the dishes or making dinner, you can't really take notes at the same time. So we wanted to make it easy for you to have a visual checklist of these different types of planning. So let's start with annual planning. I like annual planning. Me too. Long term. It's fun to talk about this stuff. Uh, It's certainly important, but uh, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to talk about it a ton, but, and typically people do this uh, December timeframe, maybe January, but January is already a little bit too late. Yep. start getting your mind around it in December. You need to understand where your business is going, what, what your goals are for the year. Um, and you know, what products you're going to promote, uh, throughout the year. Maybe you have large scale projects that you, uh, and when we say projects, that could be anything. It could be getting a new, uh, talk off the ground. It could be, um, maybe you're opening a a storefront, a virtual storefront or a physical storefront. Uh, it could be a lot of, yeah, a live event is, is a great one. Um, it, we have experience with live events. And if you're not planning on a, on a one year time frame for how the promotion goes, um, you're, you're going to be, uh, behind from the start. (laughs) But it also includes your online promotion. So if you are a digital entrepreneur and you're selling online courses, online products, online services, have a clear promotional calendar of when you will be promoting and selling what. Because you don't want to exhaust and wear out your email list or your fans and followers on social media by constantly selling to them. Also, there is prep work required for every single 
whole online launch, whether it's one email or an entire launch campaign, there's work involved. And we found ourselves over-promoting and wearing ourselves out that we weren't giving ourselves a break in between. And we were probably wearing our list out as well. And so we got really clear this year about our promotional calendar. And when we looked in January... Actually, we did start in December. When we looked last December at what was coming up for the year, we also looked at letting go. We talked about this in goal setting as well. So we let go of live events for this year and are really focusing on building our online community. So that annual perspective can help you make sure that you're not creating too much work or uh, taking on too many projects during the year. It also helps when, for example, I get requests almost once a week to participate in people's telesummits or to be a joint venture partner on someone else's promotion. Knowing what my own promotional calendar looks like allows me to very quickly say, oh, yes, I'd love to participate and I'm happy to cross-promote with you. Or no, I can't do that because I'm right in the middle of a promotion. In fact, I just had that happen last week. Someone asked me to participate in a summit and it's right in the middle of our own launch of the Creative Business Accelerator. Right. So it helps you make different decisions. Before we move on from annual, I want to add one piece to that as you're listening to this it's um i think it's the first week of july and right at the beginning of july and six months has passed this is a great time to review your annual goals look at your business plan and look at your promotional calendar for the rest of the year and see are you aligned are you on track with your goals do you need to do some course correction maybe you slacked off a little bit and need to ramp up and re-energize summer solstice energy it's a great time of year to kind of capitalize some of that summer fun and look at where can you bring a little more play a little more fun and a little more intentionality into your business so that you can stay aligned with your annual goals. Right. So the two types of planning from the annual planning bucket were business planning and a promotional calendar. Absolutely. Then we like to talk about quarterly planning. Um, I think you like this one in particular. Yeah, it's a great time frame. It's sort of a, a mid-range time frame. Stuff outside of three months. Um, yes, live events, you know, you need to, clearly you need to be on top of those from a long way out. But Three months is generally uh, about the right time for a meaty project, a uh, and also it, longer than that is a bit too long in terms of what you can predict. Um, and it, of course, quarterly also flows with the quarterly statements to the tax folks and and uh, that type of financial thing. Yeah. So for us, that quarterly planning, we really look every quarter at what are the projects that are most active for us right now. And once we know what those projects are, each of those quarterly projects has its own project plan. And I think we talked about this a little bit in the last episode about goal setting as well, where when you look at the things that are active for you right now, are there too many of them? When you take on a meaty project, one meaty project is enough if you're a solopreneur working on your own. With Brad and I, we might have maybe two active at a time. Like, And we don't consider the podcast isn't a project, it's something ongoing that we're doing. So we look at a project as something like the launch of our Creative Business Accelerator. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, you know, those are new things. And once again, uh, we have our own approach to it. But 
maybe it's... Uh, well, can you talk a little bit about how we plan a project? What are the elements that we look at? And, you know, some of the things that you learned in your years as a software engineer about project planning. Like, it's really about understanding the scope of the project, the time, the tasks. Yeah, I think that's it, it's really crucial for something that is going to take you or your staff um, or a combination of people anything more than uh, a few days or, or let's say a week, you really need to have uh, some sort of plan around that where you've broken down different tasks and have made uh, a best effort estimate of how, how long those tasks are going to take. It really helps to know when you break those tasks out, what tasks are dependent on other tasks. Mm-hmm. So, um, we have a lot of cases where I'm dependent on Manette for perhaps marketing copy or, or the title of something so that I can get it on a, a, a landing page. Um, so there's, a, there's always examples of things like that where, where uh, people need to rely on each other and doing the planning ahead of time for the project helps you understand those, helps everybody get on the same page about what the project deliverable is in terms of just actually what's going to come out of the end of this thing so that you don't have this feature creep and scope creep that turns into, you know, turns a, a nice little project into a giant hairball. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And it's starting with the end in mind, like getting really clear in the vision of what the project is, what's the um, successful completion date and start with the date and the project description first and then work your way backwards and it will help you stay on track and stay focused by understanding the step-by-step process, right? So you don't have to know every step of the process, but you do have to know what are those measurables that you're going to stay accountable to to make sure you're making consistent uh, progress toward the projects. And remember that those projects are clearly aligned with your annual goals as well. So we're talking about these five times of the year and the different types of planning that you do at each time of the year, but everything flows from that annual business plan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's quarterly planning, project planning. After that, we're going to talk about monthly planning. Um, We use this for monthly themes in our editorial calendar. We use it specifically for our editorial calendar so that we understand um, what blog posts and Facebook posts and podcast topics we're going to record and how we're going to how we're going to go the, get those ready ahead of time so that we're not uh, sort of recording one hour before the podcast is due <laughs> because it takes a while to um, to process the podcast and so on and so forth and uh, it allows us to block out time ahead of time for uh, for everything Mm -hmm. that that needs to happen during the month. Yeah. So when you take the combination of that um, annual business plan and the project planning, and then you start to chunk your year down month to month, one of the things that we love to do that really helps us create an editorial calendar uh, ongoingly and with effort and ease is by having monthly themes in our business. Right. Like we did a whole show with Alan Brown where we talked about theming your days, but in your business from an editorial perspective, one of the ways to set yourself up for success is to first go and do some research on what's most important to your ideal clients. What are the biggest problems that they want you to solve? And what are the questions that you get 
all of the time over and over for people, your editorial should consistently focus on solving problems for your ideal client. So if you're wondering how you could possibly plan a month or more in advance, we actually like for our editorial to be done two months at a time, mm -hmm. right? So um, that we're not ever scrambling or wondering what to talk about or showing up at that blank screen, not knowing what to write about. We hear that a lot. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to talk about. It's easy when you stand in the shoes of your ideal client and think, how can I show up in service to my clients today? What is the question that I can answer for them? Or what's one small problem that I can solve? And you build your editorial calendar around the needs of your ideal client, and then you align your editorial calendar with your promotions as well. So over the last two episodes, all transparency here, we're getting ready to do a big launch of our Creative Business Accelerator. So you hear me mentioning it a few times. We're working on the launch. This is what we're working on. Hopefully, it's making you curious. What is the Creative Business Accelerator? And so this intentionality of content and knowing where we, we are going not only makes your clients and your prospective clients feel like you really get them, you really see them, and you're really solving problems for them, but it also helps to support your promotions ongoing. Yeah. And, and I, th I think that's really crucial is that the things that we're listing here at different, different times of the year, whether it's annual, quarterly, monthly, or so on, they should work together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you sat down and you planned out your promotional calendar and perhaps Thanksgiving or end of school is, is a, or start of school is a huge time for you or whatever it is. Um, maybe you're doing coaching around uh, spouses that are lost to the football season. Um, <laughs> or World Cup right now. Yeah, right. So you know that you know how that works from a pro promotional ex perspective. You, you know that in the months coming up to that event and around that, around that time, you've got all sorts of promotions. Well, now you can align your editorial related to that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can align your projects related to that. And maybe, you know, you have a super busy time of year and a less busy time of year. Well, don't do big projects in the super t busy time of year. We're, we're guilty of that where we, you know, we, we forget about, um, Oh, How we're going to be really busy. Are. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that we're going to be gone every Saturday, the band competitions and drumline competitions, right? Don't take on big projects when you're the rest of your life feels full and busy. Right. So it's, it's a sweet spot when you can, um, pull these things together and see how they can work together. They can support you. Uh, they can support your clients. Um, because, Hey, you know, you had four Facebook posts or Facebook lives in a row related to this one topic and it aligns with your promotion and it's timely and all of those things. It, it's important to think this out ahead of time and rather than just, um, doling those topics out, mm -hmm. that content out throughout the year with no intentionality. Absolutely. And so the second part of the monthly planning is my favorite time management tool, <clears throat> excuse me, which is time, which is time blocking. And I am not certainly the first person to talk about time blocking. If you just Google time blocking, many, many productivity productivity experts point to this as one of the essential factors of consistent 
productivity without wearing yourself out or without working under the gun. So when you align time blocking with your editorial calendar, what does that look like? What do I mean? So that means that Brad and I launch a new podcast every Tuesday, right? And in order to do that, we have to look at our calendar in the weeks before that. We need to know what the topic is and we need to have done our planning template and we need to actually record the podcast. And then after the podcast is recorded, there's still work to be done. So Brad does audio production on it. And then our VA gets the transcript and does the posting and the social media. So there's this long process involved with every single step of launching a live podcast or a recorded podcast every Tuesday. We go through our calendar and block chunks of time to do all of these various steps. We are in the middle of a Monday Motivation email series. I write four at a time. I write a whole month at a time. So I'll block out. Mondays and Wednesdays tend to be my days that I block out for doing that kind of creative work. So I literally write into my calendar the time that I need to do a particular project. Now, like Brad, I like to have a lot of creativity and flow and sometimes too much structure can feel boring. I totally get that. So oftentimes I just block big chunks in my calendar two to three hours at a time and they simply say work time or project time. And I have a list of things I can work on during those different time blocks because I have multiple projects usually that are active at the time. So it's not about saying at nine o'clock on a Tuesday, I'm going to force myself to sit down and write a blog post. It's saying that at nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning, I'm going to sit down and work on my business. And using these time blocks can increase momentum and increase productivity. And there's a beautiful mindset piece for me that happens when I combine the editorial calendar and the time blocks. So for example, I know that on Tuesday at nine o'clock, I have to sit down and write a blog post. I already know what the topic is. And I probably reviewed that on the Friday before, certainly the day before. So my brain is already working on the content without me having to take any action. Maybe I've done a little research or reading. Maybe I have some ideas. I tend to go on a lot of walks and take my phone and I take tons of notes when ideas appear so I capture them in my phone. And by the time I actually sit down on Tuesday morning to write the blog post, it just goes blah and flows out. So people think that I'm super productive and I do that I work a ton. But the truth is I'm doing a lot of work in my creative brain and my creative off time so that when I sit down at my computer, I'm completely ready to just spit out a blog post or a podcast. Cool stuff. She's better at it than I am. (laughs) We work very differently. We, you know, we did a whole episode on Brad's focus blocks. I don't remember when that was, somewhere in the 90s. Um, We'll have to look that up and we'll put it in the show notes. But Brad does it with his focus blocks. It's a a different um, way of approaching the time blocking. But blocking time in your calendar to get your most important work done means that nothing falls through the cracks. Included in time blocking should be things like paying the bills, doing your marketing, making sales follow-up calls. If they're blocked in your calendar, you're more likely to get them done. And if those time blocks are slipping by without you actually doing the work, then there usually is some mindset stuff going on around why aren't these activities actually getting done. Sometimes they're boring. Sometimes they're hard. Sometimes they're terrifying, like making collection calls. That's never a fun conversation to have with a client. But is it necessary to the successful running of your business? Absolutely. So make time for it. So let's talk about weekly planning 
um, I, I think I have a, a different approach to this than Manette does. I, I, oh, he's way better at the weekly stuff. I uh, ascribe to a sprint-based approach, which is uh, terminology from agile software development, where we work in what's called sprints, which are just short one week or perhaps two week long um, activity time blocks, <laughs> once again, um, where we have a set amount of work that we're trying to get done in that sprint. And we have a, a goal for that sprint. And uh, it, so our, my project tracking tool called Jira is uh, already set up for that. And I can just drag and drop a bunch of work items into a, a sprint and then, but you could do and then it get with those done. Trello or your Google calendar, right? Yeah, you could. Um, I think there's lots Jira of free, just, uh, free resources. Yeah. Jira just has a little extra um, stuff related, you know, directly related to agile. Um, but I use that cause I'm a software guy, but um, I think it's a super effective way to, uh, to chop up your time um, where, well, I, I don't know. It, I guess it's just because we, you have weeks and weekends and it's like, what am I going to get done this week? Mm -hmm. I think is a, is a good chunk of time. And um, it's looking at what, what's the most important next step to get accomplished this week, right? right. Really looking at what's going to move my business forward this week. Yeah. And you know, where do I want to be when I start again on, on, on Monday or Saturday, mm -hmm. Saturday. <laughs> And I think that that leads beautifully into daily planning as well. And we also have a little bit different approach to the daily planning. So we both tend to sit down when we're, when we're doing what we know works for us. We <laughs> sit down on Monday mornings and we plan the week ahead. And actually, we usually plan two weeks at a time and we review our plans every week. But we plan a couple of weeks at a time. We know what projects are coming. We get really clear on what's due to each other or to our awesome virtual assistant, Leslie, so that expectations are clear. I think a big part of the, the point of weekly planning is making sure that as business partners, we're totally on the same page and so that we're working in alignment and not at odds with each other. There's projects I'm doing and he's doing that ha don't require each other's um, input or content support, but there's many, many projects where we're going back and forth. Mm -hmm. So that weekly perspective is super helpful. But then when it comes to daily planning, which is our final category and our seventh strategy, Brad and I have two different approaches. So why don't you talk about your journaling and then I'll talk about big six? Well, I, I think I, I use the journaling and the big six at the same time. Okay. Um, my tendency is to, so I, I want to back up for one thing sure. for, for the weekly. Um, it's true for any of these, but specifically for weekly and that Monday morning planning. I'm not a happy camper when um, things come out of the blue that I didn't know about. Or, and I'm really good at doing that to him. Yeah. And so Sorry, that, honey. that's okay. I think I've done it to you before as well, <laughs> but um, that that's, that's a really tough way to work when you're sort of in firefight mode all the time, because um, you know, and I, of course, unexpected things come up in the business all the time, but the fewer of those that you can, uh, that you can avoid by just simply talking about things, um, the better. But on to daily. Yeah. Um, so what works for me is a combination of uh, Manette's big six items, which is um, figuring out the, the main things that you have to get done. And I can um, share more about that in a minute. Right. Um, what I like to do is to write those in my journal the night before. 
And uh, if I write them with intentionality where, where I say, I am going to do this tomorrow, you know, I have the date on the page, this is the plan for tomorrow. The more intentionality I put on it, uh, like if I actually put the time of day that I'm going to do something or how long I'm going to spend on it, the better chance. In fact, it's an actually an excellent chance that I'll get it done. Um, there's two reasons for that in my mind. One is that overnight my mind is doing sort of background processing on that. Mm -hmm. And the other one is that the next day or the, you know, the day that I've planned, I don't have to make decisions. Those things are, are, are just already in my mind. They're already on paper and uh, lo and behold, they get done magically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing how it works. So let me just share briefly about the <clears throat> concept of the big six and six is not a magic number for some people. It's three. Um, it's never more than six. And this is how you manage your to-do list. I personally have a running to-do list. Brad has a running to-do list. That to-do list isn't always the same as the six things we're committing to getting done to moving our life and our business forward. So that six could be a combination of personal and business related, and they should be directly related to your goals and the projects that are currently active for you in your business or in your personal life. So right now, one of the big six for me is I would say three of them are really personal right now. So three of them for me are get exercise every day, meditate every day, and track my um, carbs and calories every day. So I'm um, just recently really recommitting to doing a ketogenic diet, supporting Brad and my daughter in doing that as well. And so I have an awesome app called Carb Manager that I have to remember to track, right? It's really important to be tracking. And I can't do the work that I need to do to show up in full service and alignment with my clients if I can't bring the physical energy. So fully half of the things that I'm committing to every single day are personal. And then the other three are business focused. And they tend to be sometimes really small things. They don't have to be huge chunks every day, but it's the next steps to move a project forward. Like for example, today, my most important thing to get done today is to outline the video content for our upcoming uh, educational video series that we're launching. And the other most important thing was to get the podcast planning templates done so that we could get these couple of podcasts recorded back to back. So those are the things that are going to move me forward that doesn't mean I'm not getting to other things on my to-do list. It means that I'm putting focus and intentionality on the things that are most important in order to improve productivity and profitability. Great stuff. So just to review, let's go through this quickly. Annual planning, you want a business plan and a promotional calendar at least. Quarterly planning, you're doing projects, project planning. Monthly planning is your editorial calendar, your time blocking where you're carving out sections of your calendar for the next month, and perhaps editorial themes. Weekly, maybe you're doing sprints, maybe you're doing a Monday morning planning session to figure out what's going to happen that week so that everybody's clear. And daily, your big six linked to your goals, what it is you're going to get done that day, or perhaps um, your plan is you plan out the big six for the next day.
And remember, you can come join us in our Productivity for Creative Business Owners Facebook group. And there will be a link right at the top to download this little checklist of what planning you should be doing when. Because remember, as Brian Tracy said, 10 minutes of planning can save you two hours a day. I don't know about you, but I'd love to get two hours of my day back. It's, it's true. I believe it. Totally. Yep. And in the show notes, we will put a link to the Facebook group to make it really easy for you guys to find. So you can always go to pathtoprofitacademy.com forward slash podcasts with an S on the end, podcasts, to uh, make sure that you um, find all the show notes and all the great resources that we're sharing. We always include links to books and resources as well. Good stuff. And coming up next, we will be on to the, I think it's the penultimate pillar or maybe, uh, which one? No, yeah. it's the seventh of oh, nine seven pillars of productivity. Not the penultimate. And that will be systems and how they can support you in your productivity <sighs> and your flow. And we know creatives, you really dread talking about systems, but I cannot tell you how systems will liberate you in your business and actually create more flow and more creativity. So we'll see you on the next show. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to Structure and Flow, the productivity podcast for creative entrepreneurs. To find out more about this episode and others, go to pathtoprofitacademy.com and click on the podcast link. 